Welcome to the Arena Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. Some of you are still contemplating that question, am I doing okay? It really is great. Let me just say some things to you just before we get in there, and I'm very, very always mindful of the clock. I want to say you guys are absolutely tremendous. I wasn't looking for that, but thank you. Whoever said, whoever said that, that's great. Thank you. Uh, you, you, guys, you guys are absolutely fantastic. Caroline and I, as, as some of you know, and I've not seen some of you for a few weeks since coming back, but we had the joy of traveling and, and seeing some great churches and some great leaders, and we loved our experience there. But I have to say, this is home. And we love the fact of you guys are here. Uh, I, I honestly think you're, you're probably the best-looking group. I mean, they're dead ugly, these Americans. If you're from America, anybody from America here? Great. They're dead ugly, these Americans. They're awful. But you guys are absolutely tremendous, and we, we, we love you. We, we really believe we may not be the largest uh, town. We may not be the most significant in terms of, naturally, Ilkeston and Mansfield. You, we may not be the largest church around. But one thing that we do have, and I felt it this morning, is heart. We have heart. There's a passion in this place for the things of God. And there might be a little bit of gore around your life. There might be some mistakes that you've made during this week. And we get all that and we need to... Let me just encourage you, if that's you, just come before God, even before I speak anything. Some of you, it might stop you from worshipping. Don't let it stop you from receiving this message. Because actually, we just need to come to God and we just need to say, God, I'm sorry. And the Bible says he'll forgive us and cleanse us. And some of you didn't come like that. You're you're full of faith. And I want to keep adding fuel, fuel to your faith. Keep pouring it in, in Jesus' name. If I can just say also that uh, some of you are aware it's uh, since we've come back we've I feel like I was just saying to Sharon I've said this to Phil uh, in for a variety of reasons we've just had one challenge after another after another so please if you can keep praying for me and for the team here um, and some of you are aware I know there's there's uh, diagnosis and prognosis around many of our lives uh, family members who are suffering and people and you know, you, you walk through that with people, but, you know, I'm, I'm now in a season where I'm having to walk it through with my dad. And for, for you don't know, please just pray for my dad very, very poorly. If you're looking on the outside, it looks absolutely well, but the prognosis is not very good. And, uh, but we're committed to just walking this journey of faith. And uh, we're, we're a close family, but we need the family of God. And uh, it's not just for my dad. I've got no special treatments because of who I am. But I'm just saying, let's continue to pray for one another and bring those needs before the Lord. So it's been a bit of a surreal week, a few days actually, for for, for me. And as I say, pretty challenging. But it's my joy to talk to us around two things. First of all, I just wanted to give us an update with regard to something that we call 2020. Now, some of you looking around, you'll have no idea what I'm on about because you, you're new into the church. You've, you've joined us. You've been coming since, you know, June onwards. And we've mentioned it um, every month, actually. But we just wanted to give this Sunday to a little bit of an update. I'm not going to take the entire time that I have. But we just want to talk to you about this 2020 update. And uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, on the door, there will be some lovely uh, brochures that are available. These are for you to just un- understand a little bit more. If you're now calling this your home, we'd encourage you to take one of these and look at it. 
But we affirmed a commitment as a church to uh, sow into four specific areas. Those specific areas are actually over here on your right, on my left. Uh, the community transformation and church planting and revitalization. And then also the leadership school and world ministries. And the basic premise was this, the thought was this. Could we believe in the life of this church for us to see released each year for the next three years over £100,000? Which was a big thing for where we are, over both locations. And basically what we was going to use that money for was we was just going to give it away. Yeah. Um, we was just going to sow it yeah. away. So we're going to sow it into other contexts, we're going to sow it into the community, we're going to sow it in regards to training and also different people around the world. And we were utterly amazed that there was well over £107,000 that was pledged and that continues to be given. Actually, as we stand now, there's well nearly £90,000 that's sitting in that account. Um, we've spent some uh, also but uh, and I'll come on to that in a minute some of the things that we've done and it's just been a remarkable thing and we just want to say again thank you to those guys who, who sewed into it but just as a way of an update and I know you've had some of these you know what the whole thought was this would allow us to connect vision to resource or resource to vision you know sometimes you can have a lot of vision but you can't get any traction because you've not got the resource. And you can do things without money, but sometimes you need money to enable you to get to where you want to get to. I'm not speaking to anybody today. And that's basically what you have enabled uh, the, the kingdom of God through Arena to do. We now don't have to keep coming to you and saying, we want to run a serve day, guys. Will you all help us? Actually, there was money in there and we was able to run the best serve day that we've ever held in the life of this church over both locations. And we didn't have to come to you for any money because the money was already there one of the things that we've got to just sign off at trustee level but it'll get done those who work in the community don't worry but we there's a homeless team that are now working around Ilkeston where we've recognized there are homeless needs in the in the town not just sofa surfing but people actually in our location living in bushes living at Shipley Park amongst the trees in tents all that kind of stuff that actually happens on our doorstep and so what we did, the team did, they decided that they were just going to, let's say, survey, ask some questions. What is the greatest need that you had? And there was two or three things. But one of the need was they needed uh, clean water to be able to have a shower. So we're going to put a shower block down at the factory hub. There's a whole number of things. And it's going to cost us a few thousand pounds to do that. But guess what, guys? I don't need to come to you and say, will anybody help us to do this? We've already got the money to enable to do it so we can sign it off and we can get it moving. I love that. You guys have enabled us to do that. And you are actually serving and helping people who are less fortunate than we are. I love the fact that we want to go again with Acorns. We ran a great program where we was bringing some of our most needy, really young children into a, into a program. And where we'll feed them and give them a safe place, uh, place to play and do their homework. But because of transportation issues and a little bit of staffing challenges, we weren't able to you know, continue with that. And we never said we'll shut it down. We just had to hold it. And one of the things were we needed a minibus. Some of you have worked in it. Give me a wave if you've ever worked in Acorns here. Just around it or whatever. Great. You'll know the need for a minibus. And minibuses don't come cheap. Well, actually they do. You can pick one up for about 900 quid, but it'll probably last you nine days. <clears throat> we need a good minibus. So we're not being good stewards of our money. They, they don't come cheap. But guess what? Your giving is enabling us to go and buy a minibus. We haven't yet bought one, but we're going to buy one in Jesus' name. Because we've got money in the bank. 
We're not being reckless with it, but we can actually go and buy this minibus that can serve a whole lot of other needs. And we can also fund someone who can actually help us to really bring a steer to acorns. I love the fact that we're able to do all of these things. Now, let me go further afield very quickly. Patrick and Lucille, who are guys who we're working with, we, we're almost a covering to them, a pastoral help to them. And um, they, they, they have come to us. They're in Toulouse. There was a team of two. Patrick and Lucille, planting this church, and we've just poured into them, we've put finance in them, we're going to be traveling to go and see them, we're going to be sending guys across them, we've brought them over here so they can learn and grow with us. They've now got 40 people in that, in that, in that church, which is wonderful, on a journey, and they're going to be going live with Sunday services in December of this year. I think that's pretty amazing. We've been able to finance that church. All over the world, the Bible says this gospel is bearing fruit and growing. You might never go to Toulouse. By the way, some of you definitely want to go to Toulouse because you say that's a nice part of France. It is, I'm telling you. You will get some nice weather down there. So if anybody wants to go, come and let Phil know and he'll filter you and sort you out. Anyway, so that's, that's Patrick and Lucille. One of the other things I just wanted to say to you as well is in February 2018, this man, Phil, we have said before, we're delighted that he and Sharon are back with us full time. And as from February 2018, we're going to be launching off with our, this is now a faith declaration, Phil. We are, we are going to be launching off with our ministry school. We've already got people from other uh, geographical areas. They're saying we're going to send. I was speaking to a guy this week. He says, I am sending the, my assistant to come and train in your school because he needs to get the Bible in him. We've got people here who are saying we're going to train. It's a 12-week intensive training program and then we'll connect you to other ministries because we're passionate about training leaders. We're passionate about planting churches. We're passionate about the kingdom of God advancing and moving forward. How have we been able to do that? Because those things cost money. We've been able to do it because of the 2020 leaving a legacy. Your giving is enabling us to do those things. Can I get another round of applause out of you? This is brilliant stuff. Lots of things happening in the community. Lots of things happening with regards to church planting. Some of you have signed up to the launch team. Many of you will be aware of the really, really unfortunate news, with regards, sad news with regards to Dean and Hannah. And they're just away again for another Sunday. And we just need to give them space with the fact of them losing their first baby. And very, very sad. But uh, we've met with them. We've prayed with them. There's been other couples who've met with them. And we thank God for that. We're a family. We do this together. And, um, but, you know, David and Jeanette will introduce those properly. Uh, this this grey-haired man in the middle with his uh, glamorous wife. I know you're thinking he definitely punched. Yeah, we know. Uh, okay, but I'm joking. I've, Dave has been a dear, dear, dear friend of mine. He'll now say, forget that dear, dear friend. You're no longer a friend of mine. But he's been a dear friend of mine and Jeanette for, and Caroline's for many, many years. And they are relocating. He, he's, he's a pastor. He's relocating, feels a sense of God's bringing him here. And they've prayed it through. They've prayed it through the elders. So they're going to be coming here. And they're going to be helping as well. He's, it, we, Dave and I were involved in planting churches years and years ago together. He had, I had definitely black hair. He was still great even then. Um, but... Um, <clears throat> 
Uh, that's true. That's true, mate. You were. Do you know that's true? And I'm not saying I'm, I, I speak the truth. Okay. But uh, Dave, Dave and Jeanette are going to be helping us with that and, and just with Belper. And we're just excited what God is wanting to do in that town. Just nestling in a very leafy sort of areas. But as you go underneath, there are issues. There's issues in every community, whether it's rich or poor or everything in between. And again, your giving is enabling us to do this. Are you getting the thought? This is what we're able to do. And we want to let you know that we are so, so, so grateful for everybody who sowed into this thing. And I, and, and, and I want to tell you, I, I re- remember you in prayer. Now, I don't know who you are. Genuinely, I don't know who you are because I made a commitment that other than one or two people, which was leaders and elders, because I needed to know that that was happening, that we'd all signed into this, Beyond that, I don't really know a lot. So I I can't say I pray for die because I don't know. All I can do is I pray for those who who sowed into the 2020. What am I praying you for? Blessing upon your life. Overflow on your life. Multiplication on your life. By the way, see, if you want to get the blessing of the pastor praying over you, you need to probably sign in next time. Okay, or you still can do it. I'm serious. Because I don't know who you are, but blessing overflow multiplication and the bible says he who refreshes others will themselves be refreshed we don't do this to get but god can't help himself when he sees us respond to kingdom need he says you know they're the kind of people that i can trust they're the kind of people who i want on my side they're the kind of people who get this gospel they're the kind of people who are committed to the kingdom they're not just doing this they're actually willing to get involved And they're the kind of people that I'm going to flow out blessing upon their life. I'm sorry if that offends you, but that's the reality. So I thank you for all of you who've blessed us and blessed the community and blessed the world with your giving. Now, three things that I want you to know. Three things that I want you to know. Tap your neighbor next to you and say, I think he wants to tell us three things. Actually, there's three things that God wants you to know, but I want you to know. I want to turn your attention for a moment, if you can, and turn your Bibles, your electronic devices, or look at the screens to Luke in chapter 19. Luke in chapter 19 is a very, very well-known Sunday school story. If any of you ever did Sunday school, it's, it's, it's a thing that now really doesn't happen in this generation. But if you're certainly over the age of 40 upwards, the likelihood is you may have connected to some kind of Sunday school at some point. And in Sunday school, this was a very, very famous story. I used to love this story. And this is what it reads. In Luke 19, Jesus entered Jericho and he was passing through this town. And there was a man there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. And he was wealthy. And he wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, 
Come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So Zacchaeus came down at once. I bet he did. I bet he clambered down that tree so quickly. And he welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he's gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, today, Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham, a son of God. For the son of man came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, if you're here today and you are a follower of Jesus, this message is for you. If you are a seeker here today, what do I mean by that? You're trying to make sense of your life. This message is here for you today. If you're just plain nosy and curious, and some of you are by looking at you, okay, this message is here for you today. And if some of you are doubting, you're a doubter, this message is here for you today. Because there are three things that God wants everybody in those categories to know. The first thing I want to say from this story is that you are known. Everybody repeat that after me if you would. I don't want to treat you like you're at school because you're not. But you are known. Come on, let's do it again with one voice. You You are are known. Three things that God wants you to know. You are known known you are not invisible you're not invisible to God you might feel like you've been invisible at school you might feel your parents never took notice of you You might thought the over the employer was always overlooking you you might even feel like you wasn't even noticed by your husband or your wife but I want to tell you God says you are known and what I love about this story is this is exactly what God what Jesus was saying to Zacchaeus and to the rest of the world. He was saying, here's this short man who was up in a tree that people didn't like because they saw him as a bit of a crook and crooked. But Jesus walked along and identified him and said, Zacchaeus, you are known. I've seen you. He called him by name. I love this. And interestingly, the story, if you really delve under it, you know the, the name, the, the meaning of Zacchaeus, the, the name Zacchaeus means to be pure, means innocent. I honestly think that some of you are so much better than the way you live and what you have become. I'll repeat that again. Some of you are so much better than the way you live and what you have become. And this was the story of Zacchaeus. He was so much better than the way that he was living and what he had become. Because his name was pure, but he wasn't living pure. His name was innocent, but he certainly wasn't innocent. He knew what he was doing. And the issue was he'd been derailed. He'd been derailed. 
But I want to tell you today, if even you've been derailed, God sees you, you are known. And not does he just see him and call him by name, but Jesus then identifies with him. How amazing is this? He said to Zacchaeus, I'm going to spend the afternoon with you and we're going to eat and we're going to drink and we're going to talk and we're going to do it at your house. And everybody was ticked off with Jesus. What are you doing with this pleb? Am I allowed to say that? What are you doing with this Wretched man, what are you doing with this crook? What are you doing with this guy who's known in this community is ripping everybody off? What are you doing, Jesus? And Jesus was saying, you, Zacchaeus, are known. I'm identifying with you. I love that Jesus identifies with us. Listen today, you are seen, you are known. You are special. You are important. I just felt it in my spirit this morning. I was tossing and turning and I knew it. And probably Caroline knew that I was in bed. I was just toying with this message and working it through. Just working it. Because it seems so simple. But I just felt very much the Lord was saying, these are the three things I want you to tell them this morning. And this connects to Arena 2020. This is why we do what we do. Because we want everybody to know that they are known by God. They are known by God. He identifies with every single one of us. And there's a story in the Bible, in the Old Testament, where Abraham is promised a child. He can't get his elderly wife pregnant. You've got to read it for yourself. It's over a few chapters, early Genesis. And so, as was the culture of that time, I'm not recommending we do this. And if you do, actually, it's illegal. But he took, uh, well, I say it's illegal, it's not right. He took uh, his servant... And the servant wasn't just there to cook and clean and whatever. They could actually sleep with them. And so his wife said to him, well, your line's going to, so you can sleep with her. He slept with her. Her name was Hagar. And he got her pregnant. And as a result of that then, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. Hagar, she definitely did rub it in Sarah's nose a little bit. But also Sarah would, was incredibly jealous of Hagar. Because, of course, this was her husband who she loved. You know, she was sleeping with him and they couldn't have a child. It got so bad and to the point that Hagar had to flee. She took little Ishmael and she fled to the desert. And in Genesis Genesis 16, it'll come up on on your screen. So I've just given you the context to it. God comes to her and in verse 13, it says this. She gave this name to the Lord because he spoke to her kindly. And said, who are you and where have you come from? What are you doing? And this is what what she said to him. She gave this name to the Lord who spoke to her. You are the God who sees me. For she said, I have now seen the one who sees me. Let me just say to you, you might think that you're not known. You're not seen. You're not, God doesn't identify with you. I want you to know wherever you are, even if you're fleeing, you are seen by him. He identifies with you. He identifies with your weaknesses. He identifies with your challenges. He understands what you have gone through. God in heaven walked this earth. The Bible declares that he actually suffered every temptation and had every kind of challenge, overcame them all, but he did that so he could say, I identify with you, I understand you. And God sees you, knows you, 
and identifies with you. Before I move to the next point, I just want to say this. I'm always fascinated by, by people who are in the marketplace. And there's, there's, they, they even have days where they call them networking days. I've talked to Josh about this before. But what I found is with a lot of networking, and of course, a lot of you are in sales. I'm not saying you're like this, but I've come across people who are networkers. And basically, they want to know someone because they want to be like that someone or they want something from that someone. What I'm saying, there can be a selfishness to networking. Where people just want to know somebody because actually they're higher than we are and I want to get to know them. Or you've got something that I want. I think that's the worst kind of networking. But let me just say to you, God comes to us not as a networker because we have nothing for him. So the question is, why would he want to know me? Which leads me to my next point. God doesn't just know us. You are known but secondly, you are loved. Nudge the person next to you, just what? Tap them or gently just say hello and say, you are loved. Say with meaning, you are loved. This is why we're doing all that we're doing in this church. This is why we, we, we felt compelled as a leadership to bring before you a vision of Arena 2020 and over the next three years believe that God would continue to pour in so we can pour out because we want people to be known and we want people to know that you are loved. Now we don't see this in the narrative of the story that we've read from Luke 19 but for certain life change happened. Zacchaeus was changed. Zacchaeus no doubt embraced the words and life of Jesus. There was food, there was drinking, there may have been other guests there. We don't know all that happened. We don't even know the conversation, but I'm telling you now, life change happened to that man. And in that moment, he understood, he was introduced as he met with God, as he met with Jesus, he would introduce over this meal the love, the mercy, and the grace of God. In fact, what he said was, today salvation has come to this household. There is a connection here between not just Zacchaeus being known, but Zacchaeus now knowing that he was loved by God. I want to tell you today that God calls you. Whether you are a Christ follower or whether you are a doubter, whether you are a skeptic, whether you are backslidden, whatever, I want to say God calls you friend. God calls you son. God calls you daughter. God calls you free if you want to be. Because you are love. loved. And I just love these verses. Oh, I just love these verses. And interestingly, over the prayer week that we've been going through in the devotionals, Phil, um, in his writings, talked about these verses, memorizing them as a young boy, again, possibly in Sunday school. And John 3.16 on the screen in your Bible says this, for God so. I know some of you don't like underlining your Bibles, but just underline that word so. It just gives so much meaning. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting or eternal life. Verse 17, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. This is the message that we've got to get out. 
Everybody thinks that you come to church and you're going to be berated, you're going to be condemned, you're going to be put down. Listen, you've heard me say this time and time again. It's a Philip Yancey quote. God loves you as you are, but he loves you too much to leave you as you are. But God loves you as you are. Don't try and change yourself. Just come to him as you are. But then allow his change. You can't just stay as you are. God's love and grace and mercy when it touched my life is forever changing me. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? We're being changed by God. But God loves us. So when he looked at Zacchaeus, he didn't just say, you are known. He was saying, you are loved. When I look across this town and I pray from my office, I'm praying love over this town. May they know the amazing, incredible, insurmountable, you know, on, on undeniable love of God. You are loved by God. Lastly, not only was Zacchaeus, you know, and now he's God. Oh, I'm loved. And life change happened. But then something significant happened because then he moved from love to you are called. You are known. You are loved. You are called. By the way, if you are part of this church and this is your home and you have not been through growth track or you're wavering, you need to just get on growth track on the 30th. This is what we'll talk into. Just helping you to understand some of your next steps. And this is what happened all in this meeting, all in this meal that happened with Zacchaeus. He went from, wow, God knows me. I'm loved by God and now he's called. And why do I say that is? Well, because again, it's not in the narrative of the story, but I know it to be true and I can prove it from scripture. Because I wonder if Jesus, over the course of the meal, said, now Zacchaeus, you're incredibly influential. He said, yes, Jesus. And you've got great power and influence because of what you do. Yeah, that's right, Jesus. And I can see by the surroundings, Zacchaeus, and the servants and the food that you're serving, you have great wealth. Yeah, I do, Jesus. Well, now you know that you are known by me. And now you know that you, oh, I love you. You now have a responsibility to do something with that. Because you are now called. But what am I called to? Zacchaeus, look around you. You have all this resource, all this influence, all this wealth. Would you use it for me? I want you to enjoy it. I'm not asking you to give everything away. Jesus, of course. Well, let's go and tell the world. And as they walked out, I'm just giving you the story as I see it. Zacchaeus says to the world, Today, I'm giving half of my wealth away. By the way, I, some of you are now looking at me and you'll think, this is strange. I have misread this text from being probably five. Because what he said is, I am giving away half my wealth anyway. And then if I've stolen anything from anybody else, then I'll pay you back four times. That puts a completely different... I thought he was just doing to just repay. He wasn't. He was actually giving away. Do you you understand? Am I communicating? 
I had not seen, you may say, you're a bit, oh, what are we doing at this front of this church? Bible teacher. <laughs> no wonder Phil's here. Okay. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I've misread it. But Zacchaeus says, let's read it, verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now, I'm going to give half of my possessions to the poor because I am called and I have wealth and I have influence and I have power and I want to use that in my calling. And then if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I promise you I'll pay them back Four times what I stole from them. So if I overcharge somebody by 10, I'm going to give them 40. If it was 100 I overcharge you by, I'm going to give you 400 back. But as for everybody else, I'm giving away half of all this. I would think there will be some takers there, don't you? Running up, oh, I'll, I'll have that nice jacket that he's got. Oh, if he's giving away half of all oh, that car, I'll have his car. Anybody with me? And that's where my mind was going. I'm thinking, this is great. The point that I'm trying to make is Zacchaeus got it he got that he was known he got that he was loved but he also got that he was called and some people can I be really really blunt with this you get the gospel message and you know that you're known you know that you're loved and then that's it you can't put the cross and there's another stage that God says you are called what is in your hand what are you going to do with this life that's now been forsaken what are you going to do with this life that's been forgiven what are you going to do for the service of others not just as one off but what are you going to do because church you are called and this is for all of us as I draw it to a close because some of you are saying called you don't know my life I can't do this and I'm not overly educated. I listen, I get all that, but the Bible has a verse for every context. I was reading this morning, 1 Corinthians 1 verse 26. Paul said to this church at Corinth, brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. And then he goes on to basically what the inference is. Actually, you want up too much. He wasn't being unkind, but because then he goes on to say, not many of you, were by wise were wise by human standards, not many were influential and not many of noble birth. Let me just read some modern day verses, language that might help you to really ground this, because some of you, this is where you're at. You say, I can't do anything because I'm not good enough. And he says, Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses? This is why I have great hope for Ilkeston. Because we're in this list. And I'm not being derogatory to this this area because I love this. I'm Mansfield because we're all this. This area that's been forgotten by many. I'm telling you, God is going to raise up communities like ours. I believe it's going to happen in the cities, but God is going to raise up in communities like ours. This is why we're working with pastors who tend to be in forgotten areas. And I think God's going to raise them up. I think God's going to do something amazing for the glory of his name. And they're going to go, there, you must be kidding. In that guy, you must be joking. Have you seen his CV? Have you seen his school report? Have you seen the background to that girl? No chance. And this is what Paul's saying here. He deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks, exploits, 
and abusers. He chose those nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies. I love this. That makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean state and a fresh start comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. I think that deserves an incredible round of applause. It's the Bible. So none of us are excused from this. Listen, we are known, we are loved, we are called. So for those who give out tents to the homeless, those who launder clothes, those who volunteer in the shops that enables us to get money together to fund the community work, those who serve in kids' ministry, those who are small group leaders, you put whatever, whatever you do. Everything that you do, everything that you do for God is by way of a calling. You know we love America. I think you've all got that. One of the things we love about America, I am finishing. In houses, and it's true, you have the white picket fences, and then they have something called the porch. Anybody been to America here? Give me a wave. So you know, they have beautiful porches with a nice swing. We were staying in Texas during the summer, three days in this house. It was gorgeous. And we just went out on the front we were, we were drinking cloudy lemonade, just like the Americans do, and trying to be all American. The American flag was there. I just wanted to do that and salute it and all the rest of it. I'm not going to do my American accent today, Chris. You'll be pleased to know. And we sat there in these beautiful recliners, and I thought to myself, I love the porch. Oh, it's just great. There's nothing wrong with liking the porch, but we can't stay at the porch. Some of you, have you been at the porch a little bit too long? It's great to watch the world pass by for three days, Phil. Actually, we weren't because we was very busy. We were to and fro in, but probably for half an hour, an hour. But we didn't stay at the porch. Anybody here love the beach? Yeah. Give me a wave if you love the beach. Oh, I love the beach. I read recently of a pastor who says he can't go on the beach because of da da da. I'm thinking, get a life. Anyway. <laughs> I love the beach. I love people watching on the beach. And I, I, love, I love the kids screaming their heads off. I love the ice creams going on. Have anybody seen that advert where he drops his ice cream and it goes up and then goes back into his cone? If only that would happen to me, but it never does, okay? It goes everywhere, but I love the beach. I love, every, I love reading on the beach. I love playing in the sand. I love playing in the, in the sea. I just love the beach. Love it, love it, love it. Have you got it? Yeah. Love it. And some of you do. But you're not called to stay at the beach. And some of you are saying, count down to when I finish and I'm finished from work or if I can get this, then, I, then I've got all this time. I'm not saying you can't do it. But listen, we're not called to the porch. We're not called to the beach. We're called to go and make a difference. To go and make a difference. Isaiah 43, verse 1 to 5, it'll come on the screen. This is what it says. But now God's message, this sums it all together in the Old Testament. But now God's message, the God who made you in the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. 
I've called you by name. You're mine. When you're in over your head, oh my goodness, I feel completely in over my head at the moment. (laughs) I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, anybody feel like they're in rough waters? You will not go down. When you're between a rock and a hard place, oh my goodness, that is church leadership all over. You're damned if you do something, you're damned if you don't do something. Hello, am I speaking to anybody? Please apply some grace to us leaders. It won't be a dead end. Why? Because I am God, your personal God. The Holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you. All of Egypt with rich Cush and Seba thrown in. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. I'd sell the whole world to get you back. Trade the creation. (laughs) Exactly, Josh, just for you. So don't be afraid. I'm with you. What are the three things you need to know that God's trying to get your attention? Firstly, you are known. Come on, everybody together. First thing, you are known. Secondly, you are known. Thirdly, you are This is why we do what we do. And this is why we'll continue to do things like this. This is why we'll begin to push out. This is why we get passionate on the stage. This is why we launch a lot of activities. And because this message is for the world. I wonder if the guys would just join me on the platform. Please. You just allow me just a few minutes. We rally.